Yeah, I think a lot of black men who swirl tend to be bi. What does swirl mean? Oh, he dates interracially. Oh, <laughs> I like that take. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome, man. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Just to give you a little bit of background, this is Table Moments, a podcast about anything and everything, no politics. It's like the homies podcast, We the kind of conversations you would have with your friends. And we usually just talk about whatever's on our mind. We don't have set topics, and usually we center it around a guest if a guest does join. But since I don't know much about you, uh, could you tell us what you're about? <laughs> so yeah, I'm Banner Boy, um, out of the South Florida area. I um, actually am someone who works in the tech industry, and I am a lover of life, people, and community. Really just happy to be here and have a great conversation with you today. Awesome. And I guess you saw, you just hopped into the live, I guess, this last Sunday. So you said you used to used to run a college radio show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a, a time. It, it was really, it wasn't as fulfilling as I would have liked it to have been. Um, I actually did not, so I majored in mass comm, so I actually had that as part of like my capstone. But I went to uh, PWI that was very restrictive in terms of what we could play and how we could really present ourselves in terms of radio personality. I think that had I been at the right school, I could have really owned that, owned that like I wanted to, but it was more so adhering to what they wanted, which was very um, country. Yeah. So country. <laughs> I didn't, wow. it didn't have, there was not space for me there to really like develop into like the next, I don't know, Charlemagne the God, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you can't be too black. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't work <laughs> <laughs> you want to yo all right so here you could be as extreme as you want that's the cool thing about podcasting unlike like tiktok instagram these social platforms you have to sort of be careful even as liberating as it is compared to like a college radio show at a primarily white institution there's still things you can't say, which is why like the, the TikTok account has an account warning. I guess I violated a few of their rules, but here you, you could go for your raid, bro. If you want to start giving hot takes like Charlemagne, if you want to have a document of the day, it's all good, bro. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. I've, I've I've listened to a couple of the shows, so I just want to say the episodes. Yeah, or I like what yeah. I heard so far. Okay, is do you do you think it's too controversial, or how do you feel about it? Not at all. I mean, maybe I didn't hear the right episode, so let me just tell you the ones that I did listen to. Uh, ones like talking about like passport bros, also like tech layoffs, yeah. uh, resignations, things like that. Oh yeah, salary transparency. So I didn't really, I didn't hear a controversial topic. <laughs> Not uh, yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometimes we do. It, it just depends on uh, the day, how we feel, you know, and wherever the conversation just leads us. I'm up for it. Yeah, sometimes I'm feeling real spicy, <laughs> and I think it's usually me. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're usually the one to lead that conversation. <laughs> yeah, especially if I got the right guests with me. Yo, bro, I just go off. Man, even on the live, sometimes I have to be careful because, like, uh, there's certain topics you can't talk about, um, and there's certain keywords that the algorithm just finds that it automatically flags. Or it's just very sensitive. It's a very, very sensitive algorithm. And so sometimes it'll catch me in a band and then I have to appeal. But that's why I love podcasting. It's just like, 
one, it's purely audio, so people can listen to it on the go. They can be commuting to work, they could be working out, they could be going for a long walk, they could be shopping, and uh, the content will be in their head. I don't like the idea of like being in, in the way of people's, like having to have them stare at a screen and hold up their life. And then on top of that, it's also just the RSS feed, so it's as simple as like, we could be as crazy as we want and not have to worry about a platform getting in the way. I'm on board. Let's go. Yeah? <laughs> All right. So do you have any hot takes, bro, about anything? Come on. That is so, uh, I mean, that's, that's very broad. Okay. How about this? How about this? What is uh, one thing that you believe that most people disagree with you on? Like an unpopular opinion? Um, <laughs> that is uh, probably going to be something related to, listen, I'm ready to roll with it as long as you guys can, like, kick it off. I just, yeah, I just yeah. can't get that off the top of the dome. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. All good. I, I, definitely, you, I definitely have plenty, though, but it's just not coming. And I, and I will interject if it pops in my head, for sure. It's good. Yeah. It's weird, because, like, um, I guess, technically, the institute... So, Bill and I, we ended up going to the same school. We have the same alma mater. And uh, I guess, technically, if you just looked it up, it would be classified as a PWI. But really, I think it's a... P-A-I, if you know what I mean. Um. Okay, got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what people miss. It's just like, all right, yeah, you could say a lot about like PW. Trojan. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, yo, <laughs> he's Trojan. <laughs> no, I just think like, honestly speaking, I don't know if the culture was influenced by that, but it's just crazy, especially the, the fields of study that uh, Bila and I ended up going into where... You know, you're already dealing with a small segment of the school population being black. And then on top of that, if you get into STEM, it's even smaller. And so it's just like one of those things that the experience is different. Like the school we went to, the the quote was, if you, if you don't have an Asian roommate, you are the Asian roommate. And even when I was living in the what they would consider the black house, I had an Asian roommate. It was just crazy. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so. How do you guys feel about being the face of Asian hate? The face of Asian hate. You think that's what's happening with the the portrayal of? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh. Um, the campaign. I mean, it's kind of like yeah, that's really projected towards uh, black males. I don't. You know, it's it's not. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, there's tons of you know posts that go on social media or stories and it's always you know that situation where there's some homeless mentally ill black man in the inner city maybe san francisco or nyc and you know who is you know randomly attacking you know asian people and uh, that is the narrative and uh, i just can't get jiggy with that campaign i cannot repost it because if i am the face of it it just seems to be a smear campaign against me and i know that black people are not holding secret meetings discussing uh you know how we're going to attack asian people so mm -hmm. i think it's a farce i don't <laughs> don't want to legitimize it i do think that there are there's reasons behind why that tends to happen i mean there are a lot of the homeless population is going to probably sometimes have larger black populations to it due to the 
you know, the economy and the way things are here in this country. We can go into a whole list of reasons why. But yeah, it's it's kind of not specific to one particular race. For instance, I'll just bring up one situation that I can think of where there was a woman who I believe she held a position at Salesforce. She maybe had some sort of reputable position at her a company that she worked for. I think it was a Fortune 500. And she was Asian. She ended up getting like a billboard in Times Square, just kind of like wanting to advocate against stopping Asian hate. And uh, that story was going viral. There was a lot of like undertone, subtle racism in the comments on social media. It's like, oh, we know who it was. Oh, here, no surprise, yada, yada, yada. And the interesting thing about this story is that he did, there was a, a, a Black male who pushed her onto the tracks. But somehow the news stories did not conveniently make it a point to take note that he attempted to throw a black woman on the tracks at first but he was unsuccessful and she got away and then he pushed the asian woman and she landed on the tracks but it still was categorized under stop asian hate so yeah i can't get jiggy with that movement yeah i agree yeah i i i haven't seen too much uh, i don't know too much about the asian hate but i think it's just uh i don't know if it's me i think it's just like fake news type thing like they just created a whole new movement out of nowhere just to bring out, you know, a- Asian problems. I don't know. Well, I mean, it makes sense with, like, the way the media typically likes to divide people. They successfully separated black people and white people. And so now, I guess the next yeah. step is separating the m- minorities from each other. Yeah. I don't think that separation's new, though. Like, I think there's always been this, like, there's an existing relationship in terms of race relations between, like, black versus yellow in certain parts of the country let's just start there because the majority of black people in mass don't even live in close proximity to asian people but Mm -hmm. for the ones that do you know they have had somewhat see it seems to me that they've had strained relationships and in certain parts of the country for some time and it generally was actually in the reverse order (laughs) that there were, you know, black people stating that they felt that they were being treated uh, or receiving discriminatory treatment from people in that community. And when they would frequent those businesses or, you know, we know that there are like store owners that are like shot a black child before that actually did happen in, I believe, L.A., if I'm not mistaken, in the early 90s. I said it to say is that um, it's just kind of really bizarre to see this story kind of being flipped. It's no one for sure. It is totally valid that someone who's Asian could on the receiving end of discrimination, racism, whatever, whatever. But I don't like the fact that it's not across the board. Yeah, that's a really good point, because like uh, I think people don't openly talk about this about how black people are treated by Asian communities, especially Asian countries, which, I mean, like, you can say a lot about America, but, like, go to Japan, go to South Korea and see how you're treated. And, like, uh, which, honestly, racism never bothered me because I'm just like, yo, there are so many racists out here who are, like, undercover racists that it's like, eh, it's so ubiquitous. Is it worth worrying about? That's, like... You know what I mean? There's no point of spending your time and day about it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So that's outside of the country, right? But if we were to bring it back in terms of like even academia um, and the discussions that happen surrounding affirmative action and 
um, you know, students, you know, who are stating that they feel as though spots are being taken away from them and being given to Black students because they're being prioritized. As, you know, two people here who have stated that they are former, um, you know, they're alumni of APAI, what would you say and, you know, when you hear that rhetoric, do you feel as though there's any legitimization to those claims? Like, I want to hear your take on it. Well, the school we went to, as far as I understand, they originally had affirmative action and then it was discontinued. I think there was like some legal judgment or whatever. And they tried to bring it back unsuccessfully. So we got in on merit, as far as I understand, which... I think I got in because you you already went there. So you think so? They, yeah, that's what Rito was telling me. It's like if 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 your sibling is already goes to uh one of the colleges, you're you're more likely to get into. Oh, you don't think you got in on merit? <laughs> nah, nah, I didn't have a good SAT score, bro. <laughs> that feels <just> ass. <laughs> all right, well, oh, this is the first time you're all are having this conversation. That's I don't know. I always thought I don't know. I think he's smart enough to get in there. <laughs> I, hold on, I, hold on, wait a minute. That's kind of like. I feel like that, that's kind of BS. You're totally discounting yourself. Like, what do you mean? Like, you didn't get in on merit? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I had, I had a good, I had good GPA. I had good uh, everything else. You know what I'm saying? But my SAT, ACT, they were kind of below average. You know what I'm saying? And the the school I got into was, you know, I say number five out of the UCs, and I got rejected to all of them, but that UC. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, okay, most likely it's because my brother went there. You know, okay, and but that's not exclusive to you. I go lie though. Uh, I, I worked harder than everybody else as soon as I got in, so that's that's how I became more successful. So, yeah, as far as affirmative action and stuff, like if, it, if it's on the university level, affirmative action has a it's like a double edged sword. You can help people who've been disadvantaged, but you're also setting up people who for failure in a lot of cases. Can you explain that to me? Because I don't, I don't see how that works. So the idea is like, all right, if you let people into the school who otherwise wouldn't have made it just based on merit, now they're in classrooms with people who did make it on merit. And so there is an intellect gap that then they have to compete with. Is that actually happening? I, I just, I, for me, I see that as a right-wing talking point, and I just don't know if anyone, I, I would love to encounter someone who stated like, yeah, that was me, I, I failed because I should not have been there and I couldn't keep up. I, I can speak on at least engineering. Like a lot of people start off in the school of engineering as freshmen, start taking the physics courses in the lower division engineering courses, and they start transferring out early. Lots of people, like the original incoming class, they probably call the group of people by like at least half or something. It's crazy. So all these people ended up spending semesters or a few semesters taking classes that in a major that they would end up leaving. And so you've wasted their time by letting them in. And so that's the that's the argument that they're making. And it, yeah, it does play out because I, I know I've had several students or some of my peers who ended up leaving engineering, especially even in, in high school and stuff, there were way more black people in the lower. I somehow got into the more advanced placement classes. It was a handful of us black students and every year there would be fewer and fewer who were making it through. And this was just simply on merit. You can set people up and you could also lower standards. So if you let them pass and they're not capable of doing the thing, then you've lowered the quality of the people coming out of the program. I will say that not only uh, 
you know, it, it weeds out other people from the program, not only black people, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it, it's just that it's all a numbers game at this point. You feel me? If you have more black people in there, uh, what are the chances more are going to uh, stick out? You feel me? Stick out in comparison to the amount of students of other? Well, the, the ones that, that actually continue going through the program. You feel me? So, like, uh, if you have, let's say, uh, 20% of uh, black people make it, like, start the program, and then it starts weeding out people, you end up having, like, what, uh, 12% of black people. But then not only black people, it happens to all other races, too. You know what I'm saying? It's just a numbers game. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. And I want to clear up what I was saying when I, I was asking if you were also a part of that group. I was asking that, you know, I know you say, I believe you said that by the time you went through, I'm guessing, I heard correctly that uh, affirmative action was already banned at that time. Yeah. Okay. So I am saying that if it hadn't, you still would have been a qualified candidate who fell under the race category of black, who would have been qualified to attend the school. And so I'm saying, would you not be counted a part of their, hey, we're hitting those affirmative action quota numbers? For sure. I mean, that's another thing. That's another thing. Like It's a slap in the face to, you know, the black, it's like to assume that none of the black students are there on merit is really ridiculous to me. Wait, what do you mean? So like if affirmative action was a thing and I still got in now, I guess there is that stigma of, hey, we don't know if he got in on merit or if it was affirmative action. I mean, although, like, I guess there's a legal case right now. Harvard's getting sued by Asian students. But, like, there's that stigma. Not that I care for it. I mean, like, let people think what they want to think. And, yeah, I would have gotten in. With or without it, I think I would have been fine. It doesn't really affect me. But it does affect the person who got in who couldn't stick it out because they lowered the standards for them and not all the other students. What percentage is that, though? That's the thing. It seems like, realistically, like, I mean, it's, it's, I think, from what I'm hearing, it seems to be a very broad brush painted on just kind of like, oh, the black student body population as a whole versus it being like, oh, we may, we, we, we photoed in, you know, 15, 20 students that, that maybe couldn't make it, so to speak, to balance the numbers. I just don't think that also the fact that some people could be first-generation college students are being taken into account with that as well. People's ep- economic, you know, backgrounds could also be a reason why they can't stick it out. Maybe they have to work, and it's hard juggling that. There's a lot of factors to consider. Mm-hmm. To then, um, and then also, you know, if you have people who are coming into a totally new environment, or maybe I don't know if they have even resources or spaces to feel like totally supported in those environments. Um, I think it's really easy for a group that's kind of the majority to sit back and say like, oh yeah, you know, my cousin or this person or my one friend didn't get in, you know, and it was because a black student took their place who was unqualified. It's like, Okay. I mean, they. I can. I can understand the argument. Like these spots are limited, so like. Well, why? But well, why are we looking at specifically the black students to not? So every white student there is totally qualified and got there specifically on merit, and none of them are, uh, you know, like not up to par to be able. None of them fail to stick it out all the way through. I. That's kind of. 
very interesting that it's very isolated to one group. Well, I mean, I guess affirmative action would be for anyone, anyone who's considered a minority and underrepresented in those, those spaces. Including white women. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it would apply there, too. At least the, the points I've been making. What is affirmative action designed for? I think that's a better question because I think that it's hard to... It, it Well, not hard, but I think it's kind of really um, kind of ridiculous in a way to judge something to say like, oh, this is this is taking away opportunities from me um, if it's by design meant to do that in so many ways. <laughs> it's like to say like there's enough representation here, you know, for and but this particular, you know, these groups need to make sure that, you know, we are actually looking out to make sure that they have opportunities. If it's only working the way that it was designed to work, how is that an issue? Are we saying that it's we're at a time where it's no longer a need? Um, because I think that's that would be something that we could just like look at, you know, the current numbers now where it's like, okay, well, how are things? You know, how what what's the average salaries? Where is the representation in the fields? Okay, we no longer need it. We can do away with it now. Um but if we're not there yet, I mean, you still need to take that in consideration. I mean, how do you abolish something even though, did it work? Did it not work? Did it fail? Like, what's the end result as to why we're banning it at this point in time? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting point because, like, what do you define as things having, what's the fair result? And so, like, what would you do? I don't, I don't, I don't know how you would define it. And the interesting thing with affirmative action, like, all right, it's written to help support minorities in these spaces, but it's always going to be certain minorities within that take way more advantage of it than others. So like in the case of like classical affirmative action in colleges and universities, Asians take advantage of it, or it's going to be Africans, not black, not historically black Americans. And so... It's like, who are we actually helping here? If the intent was to help people who were disenfranchised and had opportunities taken away from them in the past in this country, then it should be just for black Americans. But it's always going to be the Africans and the Asians and all the other minorities who take advantage of these tools that were meant to help a segment who were literally held back, in which case... Do you think people care though, or, or is it just like, okay, I don't give a shit. I'm taking the space. They're not here. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's the vibe that I get. I don't think people really give a fuck. Like, they don't. They don't give a fuck. Like it's all for show. It seems like these universities could say, "Hey, we have these programs," and but then you're not actually helping the people who were affected in history. And so it's like th that's the part that bothers me. I think the most about it. Where it's like everyone's pretending they're helping when they're not actually. And it's just other people taking advantage of it. So That's very true. And that's exactly why I think that the um, ADOS movement or whatever, if you want to call it that. Well, that's not the only reason. But that, that's part of the thing why I feel like that delineation keeps being brought up in more recent times. Whether it's like, you know, political figures or people in entertainment or just talking about, you know, maybe Harvard saying that like, oh, we've had a spike and increase of the enrollment of, you know, black students. And people are like, okay, wait a minute. Like, okay, what's the ethnicity? Like, okay, are these are, you know, this spike is actually mostly Nigerians or they're Caribbean, you know, like that's 
not really who we so there's no advancement there like let's i mean it's it's very tricky i think to it's like an effort to not be divisive because i'm totally not someone who's about like diaspora wars um i i i'm a pan-africanist i know not everyone is on both sides but i am i think there's still like space to be respectful of people's like own journeys in terms of like what their interests are and plights and groups. I just could not imagine being someone who is in this privileged position to be an American citizen, to, you know, have certain access to resources and moving to a country in Africa and saying like, okay, I'm here a part of this elite class and I'm going to come in and do things and vote against the interests of the people who are actually who've been living here it, it's i just couldn't do that i mean i know everyone sees it differently but um that would feel very disrespectful to me um <laughs> it's like i think there's a way to still continue to live your life as as you want but um it, it, I, it, I just just to do that without any thought about how it's affecting the people who've been there and what it is and i think it's you have it you have a position and a and you should be able to leverage if you are to be able to be there to say like, okay, this is great. I'm here, but I really want to highlight that everyone here is actually not. I'll bring up a very quick example. Uh, one of the tech companies I worked for was in a urban center on the East Coast um, that had a sizable black population. And when I was there, out of the four to five black people who were there, I actually had to point out to one of my peers, I said, hey, have you noticed that this is a great, you know, position and uh, could be a great source of income for people who live in this city? I said, but none of us who are working here are natives to the city. We're all transplants who were relocated. And I was like, so to me, that felt very strange. I'm like, this isn't really trickling down to the community that's here. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> it all seems like it's all pretty superficial for people. Like, especially like when it comes to at least the white majority, as far as like they see black skin, it's the same, even though like maybe they should be trying to help, at least in the example that you gave, actually in the community that they're located. But even specifically, no, they know there's a difference. They fucking hate those people. Like oh, that's the reality. Of it. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't like them. They're the ones who they treat like shit and step over, and you know yeah. they shoulder check them when they walk down the sidewalk. And they they recognize that. To me, I don't think that they 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 it was not a mistake. I just don't think. I think that you know had one of those people came in and of course they could have done the work so to speak and at that point in time i could say i don't think that i was just so exceedingly qualified to be able to stand out so much more so than anyone else especially being that i was like transitioning careers at that point in time but i think that coming in with whatever that local dialect and vernacular was or the fact that they may have been from a certain side of town that they shouldered all of the stigma that came with that that would have prevented and made it more difficult for them to just push through and and get the position. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, it exists all over the world. It's not something that is specific to the U.S., I would say. I think that everyone, well, not, not everyone, I think a lot of places have, you know, 
areas or a group of people that might be considered to be a part of like, oh, you're a part of the underclass here. And sometimes people can't see them in the position. Hmm. It's like you don't fit in here. So like speaking of like the rest of the world, it's there seems to be a focus. Well, I mean, it's probably because America is just the general focus of the world. But especially when it comes to like racial issues, it's like, all right, America, all the problems here, whatever, completely ignoring the fact of like all these Western European countries were part of the system that allowed all the shit that happened in history to even happen. But when it comes to like all these this history stuff, it's like America is the one that only gets the blame. So I, I understand exactly what you mean when you say that. And I, I am not one of those people. That's never lost on me. Um, it's really one of those things where I actually have hesitancy about going to certain countries because it, for me, it's hard to just like look at the architecture and the examples of like the extreme wealth and not really take into consideration. It's like, okay, how did, how this was ill-gotten. And it's yeah. like, really, it's like, uh, it just kind of makes me cringe to some, to, in some ways. And I think that in order to truly like reconcile with that, like, I don't know. I think it's it's easier to try to separate and give like not even give grace. I think it's 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 almost like okay, let me fall back and not focus on what's there because maybe I just want to enjoy Italy or Portugal or any or Spain just like any other traveler that's traveling from the U.S. Like, why do I have to come in and and feel that brunt of their role? Um, it's like, I'm American too, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then when the U.S. is not even taking accountability on certain things, it's like, it almost feels absurd to think that you're going to go and, you know, be it. What are you going to do? Just going to go and like fight the power on a vacation and think that you're going to get people (laughs) to like, like, yeah, here's your reparations check. Like, it's just not going to work like that. So you just kind of like, okay, whatever. We know what it is. You know, like, let me just let it go. Yeah. Like, black people should be able to enjoy vacations. And not have rocks thrown at them or assume to be prostitutes. You know, that's something that is a very big plight that black women go through when they go to some of these countries in Europe, which is very disgusting. That is, yeah, I've heard some stories from black women who've made trips, even to Asian countries, too. Things can get weird. Almost like, uh, it's weird, like some of the stories they told me is like they become like a sort of novelty so people want to take pictures because it's like but then when it comes to actual treatment you're not treated as well as a local well as uh someone from that country and so it's like when people talk about a treatment in america i'm like uh i don't know like experience the rest of the world and then come back here and just like all right it, well, that's, it, that's terrible to use that as a, the barometer of what's okay. Like, I'm just saying, like, you, know, you sort like, of oh, appreciate yeah, it. you're not getting lynched. It's like, no, <laughs> that should not be happening at all. Like, who gives a fuck what they're doing in that regard? Like, I mean, I'm here on Homeland, yeah, but when you go there, it's really disgusting because I think you start to look at it from like a global perspective because you realize, yeah, you're going to get some privilege maybe from from your passport. But the fact of the matter is, is that you realize like, wow, on the ground here, this is something that people with black and dark skin are having to experience. This is disgusting because a lot of times in these other countries, some of those like they haven't made the same strides in terms of like civil rights and things like that as, you know, black Americans have. So 
it's it's really disheartening and and troubling to to experience that. It's like I always try to even in in negative and bad situations, I try to see the bright side. Even in situations, maybe this is a bit extreme, <laughs> but I'm just like you know, like we do have issues in this country, but relatively speaking, in considering that we do have sort of the freedom of association and we are sort of a melting pot with all these different cultures and peoples unlike a lot of other countries in the world it could be way worse <laughs> i'm just saying so it's like uh you know maybe stay away from certain parts of the you know regions of it's extremely america valid. Yeah, absolutely. So. And that's exactly why that circles back to that original point about why I think that the stop Asian hate is kind of like a mute point. I can't get jiggy with it because I know there's a lot of anti-blackness within the, that community as a whole that's like currently existing and harboring over being carried over from the other land. And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, people were living here and, you know, Coming to the U.S. to work while Black people were enslaved in this country. So mm. there's clearly, for a long time, been a disassociation of like, oh yeah, that's happening, but shrug my shoulders, I don't really give a fuck, like, let me keep it moving and make my money, like, you know, what's going on with you doesn't have anything to do with me, so that's... um yeah, just it. I, I think that that's something that needs to be addressed first and foremost before I can really give any... um sympathy that way yeah that's fair and that's the thing like considering like all these encounters are really i mean yeah you see it on the news all the time they're going to promote you know the drama and the violence cells but really statistically speaking most these are exceptions these are like exceptions of exceptions these are such a small tiny fraction of interactions that it is crazy to me that people just make blanket generalizations now i'm not i'm not anti-generalizations but like when you start judging individual people based on an incident that you saw on some social media platform or something i don't know it just seems really crazy to me but i guess people think that way maybe yeah yeah that is what happens um it's like you only need one or two you know, really good viral moments. And then the, the conversation starts getting sparked. And then it's like everything is, else is just supporting confirmation bias. It's like, see, oh, wow, they, they're right. Look, it is happening. It is a thing. It's just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, Almost like they, they think they're detecting a pattern when really it's just exceptional cases. However, we can do that with anything. We yeah. <laughs> but I do have one generalization that I think is. I don't know. You tell me if you think this is true. Okay. I've never, I think the slowest people to walk across the street is always going to be black man with a nice fit. What? Oh my gosh. Come um, on. <laughs> you don't notice that shit. Every oh time. My. They're just slow, dude. <laughs> Every time. If they're, is it just like a slow roll? Like on, like he's just like, yeah. I, is it intentional or is it just think he's just think he's in a smooth bag or something like what what do you think that is i don't know dude i don't you know said it's very specific is it has it has a nice fit on yeah like if, it, if it's of... just a regular ass dude no nah, he's gonna walk normally nah. like most people but like if he has a nice fit yo that shit he is walking super slow and i'm just like bruh i get it you look fly right now but i gotta go motherfucker <laughs> So it's so you've been in traffic at an intersection and you've witnessed this. Every 
every time. That's the next thing. I need you to record it so yeah. we can get it viral on social media. <laughs> so this can become a, the new stereotype. Yeah. It, it's sort of like the black fashion walk. <laughs> I, I've seen it enough times where I'm like, yo, this is a pattern. And it's not even a bad thing. That's the thing. I, I don't no, it's I don't bad think it's a bad thing. I'm thinking yeah. about the, the I, but I'm thinking about the like the, the age bracket of where I feel like that actually could I'm like to me that just sounds like a 40 plus thing but yeah I suppose... they've always been older men for sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining a linen suit um possibly uh maybe a fedora I, I just don't know exactly what this ensemble looks like but maybe a pimp I can think too. about some examples of it oh yeah yeah <laughs> wingtip shoes stacy yes yes yeah oh man i don't know do you have any generalizations <laughs> you want to share yeah so and, and generalizations i would probably say um <laughs> um i yeah my 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 generalization is that um it's 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 hard out here for this might be too controversial and i'm i i know that you guys say like the topic is for them but i don't want to derail too much because i need supporting claims and evidence and i can't it's hard for me to talk about this but i do have a theory maybe this is probably not hot take or whatever but i think that a lot of uh uh i notice a trend that to me i think that a lot of guys who swirl also tend to be like bisexual but yeah that's the thing Wait, guys who what? Yeah, I think a lot of black men who swirl tend to be bi. Like, that's, yeah, that's an unpopular opinion of mine that I have. What, is, what does swirl mean? Oh, he dates interracially. Oh! <laughs> I like that take! <laughs> oh, wow! Okay, interracially, so is it like a black dude with a... Typically with white, a white girl, like white chick, yeah. White like, they're, they're normally, yeah, like, I, yeah, it's, I feel like I've kind of encountered several like instances where there's just kind of been like a, a lot of overlap there oh i never even it never even occurred to wait so like actually date or just mess around with well mess around yeah maybe that's not the right word to use date like they like they screw them yeah man and i guess i'm not saying the ones who maybe or just had the experience or one or two off it's just the fact that's kind of like your where you live very specifically in that uh -huh. yeah interesting Oh man, why do you think that would be? Is um, it something I, you've noticed? Yeah, it's something that I've noticed uh, in terms of vibes I've gotten, stories that I would like, kind of never run back where I would like hear or I would like see a situation where a guy may have been with uh, a girl and then, then like later on he's in the, with a guy or like a, a trans person or some sort. It just mm. it definitely. And I, my theory about it really is, I think that the reason it is, I think it's almost like a, it's like a gateway drug in some ways. Like I think like white women serve as that, where there's this like permission to be more sexually adventurous in some ways, and with them in ways that a black woman wave will be more conservative and closed off to. So it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, it's like now we can you know, have the situation where it's like a third party in here and it might be male or we can do pegging and it just gets very crazy, like with the party drugs and stuff. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, it seems to be a thing. Oh, man. You think that white girl crazy is infectious? Uh, I don't know about infectious. <laughs> I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's, um, I think it's uh, maybe a, 
it's it's open it's open and presented to be a, a safe space. Mm. <laughs> it's like interesting. Yeah, because I don't imagine a lot of black women being okay with that. For the most part, no. Yeah. Um, but but even if the ones that are, that's still that's just not their brand, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, I I can't say say this to you, or, or a black woman is maybe less likely to even ask certain questions because she knows that the black man has a certain way that he likes to care and protect his his ego and and it's his pride and it's like when you know that you know the world that we live in where it's just like hey i don't even want to do something that could possibly offend him in that way so even if i do maybe want to do butt play or something i'm not going to do that to disrespect my hand (laughs) or i'm not going to even ask him hey have you ever thought about or would you want to do this i don't think that that's something that white women are socialized to do in that very same way because they're not coming from a space where they've been you know Black men's position in life are different than in white males in this country. So it, there's more of a freedom to probably come in out and ask those things. Mm, damn. It sounds plausible to me. I've seen, uh, an, I, I've seen some things. I'll say that. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've seen some. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I'm putting it out there. Maybe it's a, maybe it's the next thing. Maybe people will hear this and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I've, I can connect the dots. I've seen this makes sense to me. Like, <laughs> uh man okay all right so here's a pattern i think i've noticed when there's a black woman or even just interracial do you think when a black man or a black person and a white person are in a relationship attractiveness wise do you think they're equally yoked usually no (laughs) which way is the imbalance which way is the imbalance uh i think that the standards are lowered for i think that i'm gonna specifically say that i think black people men and women lower their standards when they step outside of their race i think that they are more open to all these other attributes of a person and they want to live in this whimsical world of like we're all human and i see their insides and i connect with me it's almost like i can't quite get what i would want on my side of the fence so I'm going to look at a person's heart and their character and they see me and they maybe don't expect me to be perfect. I think that's how they're seeing it, but they're generally a lot of times more attractive than their partners. Yeah. And that's just very interesting to me. Um, Do you think it's like a subconscious increased valuation for whiteness? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I definitely think that that's taken in consideration. I think that, I think that also they show up better for others than we do ourselves. I think because it's almost like an attempt to prove that they can measure up in some ways. And this is a thing that, you know, sadly, just some black people do subconsciously when they're out in the world where it's like, oh, someone's approaching me in public and it's a stranger. Maybe they need help or maybe they need my assistance or it doesn't even have to be that. It could just be someone at a restaurant. And it's almost kind of like, oh, you know what? I don't have many interactions with people of this race. So I'm going to show up as my best self in this quick interaction so they can walk away and think, you know what? I had an interaction with a black person the other day. It was quite pleasant. (laughs) And they think that they're doing something on behalf of the race and this will somehow you know, help us advance in some ways. 
And when people are entering these relationships, they're not only entering relationships with their partner, they're also joining their families. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they also have to be they're up against anything where they feel like they have to disprove whatever those stereotypes are about black men, about black women. And so it's like, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I, you know, put my best foot forward. And a lot of times people will not do that when they have a black partner. They're more lax. And they just feel as though like, oh, I don't because I don't have to prove any of that stuff to you because you're not supposed to have those harbor those negative um, racist thoughts about your own people that they actually kind of become too lax in some ways because they feel as though like I have to perform everywhere else in the world when I'm with you. It should just be enough. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that deep, but that's a really good point. (laughs) Oh, man, it's so weird. Like the way we treat others versus ourselves. Or people who look like us versus people who don't. And it's just... Yes. Yeah. Just think about the go- like the, the statement that, you know, happens with Black men, the way that they talk about money, you know, with, with Black women and have this, like, the sentiments about the gold digger and all of this crap or whatever, versus when they are showing up for other women who come from communities where there are men who are known providers... They feel as though, oh, I have to measure up and I have to show up a certain way because she's used to X, Y, and Z. Oh, that's a really good point. They're, yeah. (laughs) Just, oh, man. It's really disgusting. Not to say, like, you can't sit back and say, like, you know what? Like, our sisters, our women actually deserve better. Like, let me be that, that that for them. Like, you want to go give it to the others, but you'll just kind of scale back and, like, oh, yeah, you don't really, you know, you know how to do without, like, I saw my mom do X, Y, Z, you can do it too. Like, yeah, it's like so ridiculous and absurd. But also, though, it also comes to that whole thing where not giving grace and understanding where people are coming from, too, once you were dealing with each other. Like, I really hate that thought process that some brothers will have where they feel like, you know, oh, sisters will be like a little too hard on you yada 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 and it's just like oh when i'm with the woman other race it's just easy it's just like well that's because she's thinking about the community honestly a lot of times when she's thinking about what you're up against and she's trying to maybe sometimes it's just the she sees what you're capable of and she wants to try to push you and also at the same time make sure that you're not straying away from your purpose or doing things that just don't make sense and you know end up you know showing you to be out here like kanye or something but when you have (laughs) another chick who is just like hey my community is already intact i don't really need anything from you except dick she's not gonna put any pressure on you (laughs) she just wants to have a good time and have sex she doesn't care about anything else so Mm -hmm. it's easy for her to just be happy-go-lucky and just like not actually call you out on your stuff i don't know to me it just seems like guys are looking for an easy path when it comes to like relationships and dating and then and then people i don't know black women have i guess the reputation of being harder to date or whatever but to me i've never seen it that way to me i'm just like you just don't know how they operate if you knew how black women operate they can actually be some of the most loyal down to earth, ride or die chicks you could ever find. But it's just the surface reputation that they get stuck with that have men writing them off. And it just never made sense to me. It's like, I guess there's less competition for me, but 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it it it, it has its uh, drawbacks and disadvantages though, because <laughs> sometimes it's like you would like to not feel as though that you're shouldering um maybe so much at times. I think that there's this. I, first off, I mean, I with men and women, I think a lot of people need to let certain shit go. There's all these discussions about modern versus traditional and like the modern people I think are demonized on both sides in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and the traditional a lot of people are trying to get this 1950s retro shit that I feel like is almost just like that time has passed in a lot of ways and you know it's not really something we're going to go back to um, and it wasn't all that great to begin with but I think that people are trying to play catch up it's like, oh, wait, like, even when we talk about things like the women's movement and, and feminism, I support, you know, the fact that women are able to be, to live full citizens, like live lives as full citizens and be full human and all of that. But what I find it very interesting is that there's this critique against like women being in the workplace or women were not able to work and, you know, and, and now they are. And you could easily say that and, you know, you would have the also on the, on the other side of it, you could also just bring up the fact, well, white women were forced to be at home or rather were kept away from the workplace. Like black women were always working in this country. Mm. So a lot of times. So now it's really a situation where that that statement doesn't really apply to black women. So we have a lot of black women who are saying like, I want to see. I want to get to be a, a housewife. Like uh. I want to get to do that. Like I never got <laughs> to do that. Like my grandmother did not get to be like I'm trying to get there. So it's like they're operating on a totally different plane than maybe like the average white woman in this country. And so they're trying to do that. And then you have a lot of black men who are trying to get to be able to be in that position where it's like, oh, I'm the a full breadwinner with a, a woman who stays at home or whatever and, you know, can live my best uh, middle-class life in a McMansion in the suburbs. It's like, for him, that's somewhat still of a dream for some of those people. And so uh, it's, it's kind of tricky because it's like you have people who may have already been in lives that are you know, who were, who were, who moved, who moved past that already, where it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's something, that's a dream for you. It's like, maybe I came from a middle-class background and I grew up in that environment and I actually don't want to mimic my parents' marriage. Mm -hmm. So you're calling me out for being modern and you're like, oh yeah, this is the way. And I'm like, you know what? There are problems attached to that. You don't even know what to look for and don't even know what you're in store for, but have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. Man, I think that was a really good point because, like, um, I do have a black friend of mine, female, who was explaining, like, feminism is about white women. It's not for black women. And I think it would be great if the next time we have you on, we bring her on and you guys could really, like, explore this idea. But I thought it was an interesting point. But, like, just to close off this podcast, one generalization I would make about white women specifically is they've got to have, like really rough feet because i've seen so many of them so many of them walking around without shoes on after a party they their heels are painful and so they're just walking around on the sidewalk with all this broken glass and they don't have to go to a hospital or a doctor or anything i'm telling you they they've got to have rough feet 
What? <laughs> they can handle the. They can. Ha they can handle the elements, man. They can handle the elements just fine. Listen, I, I think that, you know, maybe people are just looking to be grounded and one with nature. Um, I'm going to try to spin it. You know, a lot of people in this country technically have Native American ancestry, so they feel as if their claim to the land. Shout out to Elizabeth Warren. Um, yeah, I, I'm not mad at it. You know, I get it. Like, no, I definitely think that's kind of, yeah, yeah kind of gives me the ics to, to do the whole public yeah thing without any is unsanitary but yeah no um that's that's funny i mean you you closed us out with a nice little banger of a generalization <laughs> yeah. I was, that was so far-fetched i just would never <laughs> i don't know it just blows my mind every time i see it i'm like there's broken glass there ladies <laughs> like they don't care they don't care um i'm really grateful for all the white allies of the world i want to say that <laughs> Uh, this is usually when we end. Is there anything you want to drop? Any handles or anything you got going on? Let people know. You know, they can follow me on TikTok. The content is coming soon. Banner Boy 7. What kind of content do you want to make? So it's mostly going to be about tech stuff. And it might be some things involving like pop culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to it being a mixed bag. Whatever picks up the most steam. All right. Yeah. And I'll put your link to your account in the description and yeah is, is there an instagram you want to share too no okay no instant no ig yet okay i'm, I'm actually coming back to social media because i've been away for like a while how do you feel about and it? i can only do so many at a time um it's 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 not as bad as i would like but i think my honestly i live a life that's so great in my day-to-day -day. like for me it's like social media just it seems like work i don't want to convince people that i'm living an amazing life because i actually am <laughs> yeah definitely and also i'm not a product so it's the thing for me where it's like i need to make sure that i'm marketing something I myself am not a product to be sold. Otherwise, I would be on Backpage or OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Coming right. soon. Coming soon. We'll look forward to it. It was, it was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you totally... I was like, this guy's a little crazy. You just took a chance on inviting me to this podcast. Like, <laughs> like I know I asked, but I'm like, he doesn't know how this could go. And I'm like, that actually makes me more intrigued to show up that he was like, okay, like, let's do it. Yeah, I don't know. It, I don't, it doesn't seem that weird to me. I mean, we've had the cool thing about the lives is we've had several people from the I agree. show. Yeah, it's so. not to me. But I know, you know, a lot of people are kind of like just afraid and like, oh, yeah, I don't fucking know you. You don't even have a photo. I don't, you know, but yeah, just trust the process is what I say. Like, you know, especially when it's not live. Yeah. Yeah. And it's audio only, so you don't have to show your face. And it's a, it makes it, I don't know. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Have a great one. You too.